Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Joining us today it is Max Raymond of District On Deck. We are talking Nationals draft picks, two big ones last night that we'll get to. And then I'll talk about some of the guys coming in right now. The picks are coming fast and furious, but really a focus today on Elijah Green and also Jake Bennett, the two picks the Nationals got in rounds, rounds number one and two that's coming up. On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12, po- Locked On Big 12, Locked On Nationals podcast. You guys see the Big 12 flag behind me. A whole lot going on today. A uh, Big 12 guy was taken, though, by the Nationals. We'll have to get to that here in just a second. But, Max, I made this comment on the Monday episode of Locked on Nationals I did. Like, there's there's so little happening with the Nationals at, at, through a big stretch of time. And then, of mm-hmm. course, the weekend, we're you know, very much looking forward to the draft. We get all the Juan Soto news. And I was also talking about how baseball, like, it's all over the place, right? I'm not sure if you saw the John Heyman piece today about, you know, some of the negotiations for Soto. I what's happening but like there are three you know there's i forget the guy's name who is the guy um the spanish uh spanish reporter Hector Gomez. right and his stuff does not line up with what jesse doherty says in washington post and then also you know you have john Heyman coming in here with some first-hand accounts of whatnot and like it sucks because right now nationals fan, like national fans can't even enjoy the draft right they can't even dream big right now because they're thinking about juan soto and and everybody's thinking about juan soto right now and so it's like of course, right on draft weekend, we get this news. And on today's show, Max, to be honest, I barely even touched the draft because of how important the Soto stuff is. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter. I'm in some NAS chats here and there. And I've seen some fans say the same thing. Been looking forward to the draft all year long. Now I came and focus on it. And I understand it. Like, it's one of the biggest names in baseball. You can make an argument that he's the best hitter in the game. And he may be coming, maybe leaving. And then you had the stuff this morning. I don't know if you saw it. He made a post on his Instagram co- account about some video. And some people said, if you listen to the lyrics and decipher the lyrics, it talks about how he wants out. And some people said that wasn't true. And it was just a bunch, a big whole thing. And so now every little thing he does is under the microscope. So yeah, it takes away everything from the draft, which is kind of upsetting because in my opinion, the Nats are having a hell of a draft. Like I've enjoyed most of what they've done so far. Yeah, and, and let's get to that. We'll, we'll save some Soto stuff for later, but this, this episode's going to be about the guys they took. Now, Elijah Green is a really interesting player that they drafted last night. So they take Elijah Green, who is an outfielder from IMG Academy. He is 6'4". I've seen 6'3", someplace, but 6'4", 225. Now, it's big. You know, it's a big thing that's been noted. Um, he is the son of former NFL tight end, Eric Reed. And that's the one common thread, Max, that I've kind of seen through everything is that, look, this is a guy that looks like he shouldn't be a baseball player. He looks like he should be on a football field. He looks like he could play basketball. I mean, the bottom line is this kid is a really good athlete. And I know there's some questions. We'll get to those. But that's the thing that stood out to me is like he has got all of the physical tools that you'd want 
in a, you know, potentially really, imp- and, you know, people say potential superstar, like, yeah, it kind of feels like that. Uh, you know, do you, have you gotten the boomer bust vibe or are you, are you kind of following that? Just, I think the athleticism to me is what sticks out. So one thing that's literally just made the pick right now, they took Jared McKenzie, a 21 year old uh, from Baylor, who is a, yes, another right. outfielder. So another, yeah. another guy you could talk on your other podcast. Yes. But Jared McKenzie. Going into last night, I wanted Elijah Green. I was like, Drew Jones won't fall to five. I want Elijah Green. I don't care about the swing and miss issues. Biggest upside in the draft. They got him. Mike Rizzo went swinging for the fences. Rizzo doesn't care if he's – Rizzo drafted like he didn't care if he was going to be here in a year or two, depending on the whole situation. And he drafted for the future, and it worked out. This guy has everything. We'll talk about swinging and miss issues a bit. Mm-hmm. He power he has the speed he has the arm he can play all three outfield positions he can stick in center he won he has the arm to play right field he has 40 plus home run potential if he puts everything together his best tool is his speed 70 grade speed this dude is flying he was running like a 5.9 like in like some of the, like the drills they're doing like at the combine for him and then i don't i know he used an aluminum back because that's what they do in high school i don't know if you've seen any of the videos that have gone viral since he got drafted this dude mashes like he hits the ball and it just lies and because he, he went to img academy he's playing against some of the top high school talent right. in the country and he was dominating and yeah the swing and miss issues that's what people are going to talk about here's the thing two years ago he had 34 strikeouts 16 walks this past season 21 and 21 he's already working on it yeah those so you know we we, we mentioned those things and, and like the problem was they said he couldn't deal with a like uptick in velocity and then also breaking stuff this is this is these are things that you have to learn as a hitter like it's it's so hard to now he's playing against better competition img does a really good job of, of challenging guys and he's been at all these you know he's done the tour so he's been against uh you know a lot of good guys but yeah it's you know those those concerns are there but like physically speaking this guy you know um defensively like you're not gonna have to worry about him right like this, this guy that defensively is probably gonna end up being a big league outfielder it's just a matter of, you know, can the offensive stuff behind it catch up? And I'll tell you what, you know, we had some concerns last year about a really good athlete the Nationals drafted, right? Brady House. Mm-hmm. But so far, so good in that front. So I think the Nationals are going for a certain kind of player. They, they kind of fall in love with the, the the athleticism right now. And, hey, I think there's a chance that it really could pay off for them. I mean, he just oozes the, the tools, right? And fans could – They've already been like it. They're like, well, they've had big tools, you guys, before, like Victor Robles. This guy is not Victor Robles. Robles, No. This guy is completely different because Robles didn't have the power like this guy. And I understand what they're saying because at the time, Robles was touted as a five-tool prospect. But this guy, man, he's something else. And, yes, you can make the argument, should be said, that the Nats might not be the team currently to develop him because of their problems over the last decade developing um, talents that aren't, you know, made in a petri dish you know like perfect specimens they have trouble if like they have to do anything but i (laughs) yeah i mean this guy he's already working on his own like the fact that he was able to lower his strikeout so much and work on the walks just over a year at high school playing against even better talent that comes in and and dia gm academy like pipeline like who they play i mean he he has it all fast i'm just gonna keep repeating myself i'm very happy i love to see what will happen and I'm glad that they swung for the fences with the pick last night. The thing that stood out to me the most was 
all mock season long, everyone was like, Kevin Prada, Kevin Prada. And you and I both said it was very unlikely that the Nats were using a smokescreen. Well, Jesse Doherty wrote last night in a post for Washington, wrote an article for the Washington Post, the Nats were using a smokescreen. They wanted either Holiday or not Holiday. They wanted uh, Elijah Green or they wanted Tamar Johnson. So I was wrong at that front. I didn't think the Nats were going to do a smokescreen, and here we are. Yeah, I mean, and you know, well, things things started getting going. We saw Kumar Rocker go at three, which was. Yeah. I, I will say, I, I want to mention, like the you know, we watch so much. You watch the NFL draft. We get so much film on these guys. It's all like really nice. Um, it was it's really funny because we have all this film of Kumar Rocker at Vanderbilt. And they elected to use like the grainy uh, Atlantic League, like the independent league footage. I was like, why are we doing this? Like, this makes no sense. We have all this ESPN footage. It was just really funny to me. But like, yeah, that's the one thing about this, these drafts. Like, okay, here's a side video of a kid taking ground balls. You know what I mean? Because they're all in high school. And that's kind of the footage that we have at this point, you know, stuff from like Huddle or the Cube or whatever. Uh, and so I think I always think that's funny. But yeah, I mean, it's tough for us to know much about these guys. Same way with Brady House. It's like, we just kind of need to get these guys in house, you know, no pun intended first to see what they've got and then kind of then we can go from there but um you know like you mentioned he's not victor robles he's much bigger he's much stronger than and victor's strong for his size but like this is a big strapping strong dude who's fast and there's just some things in between they have to fix now you know that's things that's for a lot of people but he's just 18 so we, we don't know where this is going all right quick word from our sponsors here and then we'll talk about the next pick the Nationals made last night, uh, Jake Bennett from Oklahoma. But first, a word from our friends at Blue Nile. It is anniversary season at Blue Nile and BlueNile.com. You guys can make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now, it's the Blue Nile anniversary sale. You can save up to 40% on classic and fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement uh, ring settings. Plus, Every order is insured, it ships free, and arrives in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. You don't have to worry about that. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com. Today, it's BlueNile.com. All right, so the next guy they get, and they you know, they prioritize pitching a lot of this. We, we know they need it you know, to continue to keep getting guys. They get left-handed pitcher Jake Bennett, a redshirt sophomore, 6'6", 234, he went to high school uh, with Cade Cavalli, I believe, um, is same college, obviously, as Cade Cavalli. And he had a really, really nice year. Uh, this is a guy that was first team all Bay 12. One of the, you know, Oklahoma, they pitched their way to the College World Series. Yep. And it was because, uh, uh, you know, of guys like him. And he really had a bunch of good stretches, uh, especially towards the end. You know, he lost a game in the World Series, yeah. Uh, six and a third, seven hits, four runs, I believe, three earned, but 10 Ks. He had the splendid eight strikeout performance against Virginia Tech, seven innings uh, in that regional. He had a really good start against Texas Tech late in the year when they swept the uh, Red Raiders and, uh, you know, almost got them, or well, they came close to and almost, you know, backing their way into the number one overall seed. They won in the Big 12 tournament, 11 strikeouts against Kansas State in a game where he only allowed two hits over the course of seven innings. You know, this is a guy that's got good stuff. He's a big guy. They said he's got a, you know, a very repeatable delivery. And also he kind of projects to be a fourth or fifth guy. They need those guys badly, badly, Max. They need guys like that. The one issue they've had recently is they've had a lack of depth. And 
I mean, they're calling guys, you know, Jackson Tetrio and Anibal Sanchez, obviously back in the mix now and having to use Paulo Espino and having guys like Rosmo Ramirez. And I mean, they've had to go every single which way. I know obviously it's an individual, you know, it's, it's this season that we're not going to see him anytime soon, but you have to think like, this is a clear, clear need. This is not one of those guys. I think it's going to, we're going to see down in triple a forever. Like you kind of know what you have here and you just want to kind of bring him up, you know, see what, see what kind of stuff he's got and see if you can get him to the big leagues and, and hold on to the back end of that rotation as a Nats are trying to build for the future. So first thing I thought of when I saw this pick, wasn't surprised. I don't know if you know this, but they previously drafted him in 2019 in the 39th round, and he decided to keep his commitment to go to college. And he didn't – he was due to the shortened season and just the guys they had in front of him, Mike Kekabali, didn't pitch as much at Oklahoma's first few seasons, broke out this year. And then was 2021, was, 2021 was rough for him. It wasn't, it wasn't a good yeah. year for him. And then he broke out this year. Uh, he won four of his five playoff starts. And even though he lost his last start in the College World Series finals, I still think he had 10 strikeouts in that game. Yeah, he did. He had 10 Ks. Yeah. I mean, you know, this guy, this guy is like, he's, he's going to be a good solid pitcher, I mm-hmm. think. Like, that's kind of, you know, this is nothing too flashy. This is not, this is kind of the opposite of what an Elijah Green type pick is. You feel pretty confident about bringing this guy along. And they need those. They, they need, they need yeah. the solid guys that can bring through because. You know, I, I love Joe. I'm actually a huge Joe Ross fan, but like you're seeing it right now, the injuries. And Eric Fetty, you know, that's that's been an up and down experience, right? They need some solid back end guys, mm-hmm. and they're hoping. I think this, you know, along with him and Josiah, and eventually, you know, with Jackson Rutledge, and you know, bring up a Cade Cavalli. Like they want the makings of a good core moving forward. You don't have to go out and outsource your starting pitching because how many of those guys do they have to outsource? You know, Anibal. And uh, and uh, Corbin and Max, you know, uh, the only homegrown guy that they had there towards the end. I, I know Joe Ross was there too, but like the only real, real homegrown homegrown guy they had there in the end was Strasburg. And they won. And another another big thing to keep an eye on: a lot of the top prospects that we just talked about in the pitching department, a lot of them have control issues. What does this guy not have? Control issues. This last season, yeah. um, I have his number. Yeah, he had what 22 walks, 22, 22, 22 walks. walks, 133 strikeouts over the course of 170 innings. Yeah, he I had mean, you need that. Two walks, he never had a game where he walked more than two people. Uh, and I, you know, and so that, that just goes to show you, like, you know, how good this guy is and how dependable he was, too. I mean, 117 innings, you know, over the course of I'm trying to see how, uh, how many, however many starts it was. Um, like, that's really good to have to have that. To have that, so I like guys like this. I'm, I'm like I'm like so conservative with like picks like this, but 17 starts. Um, and let's say his numbers and the thing are always. I hate this. The, the one thing about these websites, they don't they show always, the playoff their stats are always wrong. They have 104 and two uh, 104 and two thirds innings. He worked 117 over the course of the entire year. And I have had his two walks. So. Um, you know, 117, oh. 117 innings. I mean, this guy was this guy gives guys yeah. length too. He he went ten and four at three six nine ERA, 133 strikeouts and 117 innings. Uh, it's pretty. For those of you don't know, the Big Twelve is a very good league. It's a very very good baseball league. It's Texas, it's Oklahoma, it's Oklahoma State, or you know, Baylor. yeah, Baylor is in there as well. Uh, you know, so they've got a really it's a very very strong league. Uh, Texas Tech, TCU. So you're facing you know good hitting uh, every single week in, in, in this league. All right. So let's, let's go. Are you anything else on? Yeah. On, the um, only other thing I want to say yeah. is he's six, six, right? 
he's touched 98 before. He averages 91 to 94. I mean, he's 6'6". More than not, he's going to get some a tick up on that fastball for how big he is. And that's going to be awesome. He's a – and that's going to help him Well, even the Nats more. analytics department can come along and help him. Maybe help him with some spin. I mean <laughs> – Well, I'm hoping that whoever buys the team, you know, brings in a new analytics department. I, I just – the, you know, it's so funny how many stories about the Nationals were caused by a comment where Austin Voth was I – mean, all he was doing was praising the Orioles. Like that, yeah, that's no, what it was. There was nothing malicious in that comment. And it, it – it, I mean, rightfully so. It became like, you know, referendum on the Nationals player yeah, development. But I tweeted it out. Doherty read the same article. He tweeted it out the next day. Like I was just – because it's funny, dude. I read that article because I was happy for those. And I was just in my bed reading the article. And anyone else would have ignored it. But Nats fans, I read it and I was just like, Oh, oh, yeah. It's, it's just, and you think it's like, wow, it, you know, there's, a, and that's one thing too, that that's part of this big conversation with, you know, ownership and whatnot. It's, it's going to change. So, uh, you know, will, will that change too. Another guy we, I want to mention here that um, uh, they end up getting in the uh, third round, Trey Lipscomb, they get from Tennessee. That team hit a whole lot of home runs this year. And he was uh, a big part of that. He in 66 games, he hit 22 home runs. He drove in 84 runners. He had a 428 on base. Uh, and he hit, let's see, the course of the year, 355. Now, the one thing is, this is a one year sample for him. He had a decent short in 2020 and a very, very, he only had 29. Between those two years, basically, he had uh, 55 ABs. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're seeing there not a whole, you know, not a lot from him. Um, but like this is a guy who I, I get I I get this pick a lot. Uh, you know, for, for a guy like this six one, two hundred's got a lot of pop and um was part of a really, really good team. Uh and, and you know, I think he was an all American this year for Tennessee, one of the best baseball teams you know we've seen in college in a long time. Any thoughts on Trey Lipscomb? I mean, I was happy. Um I was surprised they got him, but then when I was looking at it, because he only had one really solid year because he was on the depth chart the first few seasons, I assume this, in addition to the second-round pick, are both underslot, but I'm fine with it because for an underslot guy, I mean, his name recognition, he balled out, was instrumental in Tennessee, having one of the best uh, regular seasons in a long time for college baseball. Um, he hit bombs. He had the RBIs. Yes, he benefited from playing in a on a stacked lineup, but at the same time, because he's an SEC, arguably the best pitching in the country, um, he mm-hmm. faced and he was not scared whatsoever. So I'm very happy with the pick. From what I've read, they think he has the tools to stick at third base, which is good because they, they need third base depth because as of now, Brady House isn't yet taking reps at third and Carter Cuban's out for the year, so they don't really have an answer at third base yet. So this is very helpful for the depth of the farm system that you and I are talking about. They need depth at all positions. So I like this pick. Uh, last one to get to Brenner Cox. Uh, they got him. That's the last pick I've seen at least. Probably, there might have been one more before that, but uh, an outfielder from Rock Hill, Texas. Now I'm not sure if he is committed. I'm sure he's committed to play, to play somewhere. Texas. Uh, Texas. So this to me at this spot, you know, what do you think? Fourth round's pretty early. But, you know, that could be a guy who ends up going to Texas. So from what I was – I mean, I was – I'm watching on MLB Network before we got on. And it's um, Scott Braun, Jim Callis, and unfortunately I forgot the third guy that they're with. Anyways, they said if you're drafted in the first 10 rounds, more than likely you're going to go pro 
There's always a few exceptions, like we saw last year, Jeff Fabian, Kumar Rocker. But more than likely, everyone signed today is gonna, or everyone drafted today is gonna sign with the team. Right, and in and, and fourth round, I mean, you know, it's, there's only so high you can climb, right? Uh, mm-hmm. There's only so much higher that you can climb. So, uh, do you have anything? Uh, do you know anything about him? I can't say. I, know I mean, much. I know he's six two one ninety. Uh, obviously, a Texas guy. So this is from Prospects Live because I I love to use their uh, insight. Cox uses the whole field and is dangerous on the base paths in the outfield. He's a fairly fairly complete player in that regard. The game power hasn't shown up too much just yet, but scouts believe the frame and bat speed could lend well to some future over-the-fence juice. He also pitched in high school throwing 93 in the mound, but they believe that he's going to stick to hitting. I just saw – I was looking at the profile, right? He had pitching too. Hey, might as well give it a little bit of a try, right? Why mm-hmm. not? But just see, a, how, see, see if that's I think he works. throws lefty too. Oh, and also, I mean, I, I think we mentioned it, but um, but uh, um, Bennett, Jake Bennett, is, is left-handed, so you know yep. that that's big to get a lefty pitcher. Because I mean, hopefully he goes better than the last lefty guy they drafted high, that which would have been Seth yep. Romero. Or, you know, I'm not sure if anybody else was there, but uh, and then their last back. pick, the last pick was the Baylor guy. They took uh, Jerry McKenzie from Baylor. Jerry McKenzie, outfielder. Yeah, he's he had a really good season. Really so good I season think- for Baylor as their best player. It looks like a few underslot money to give them. To give They're them really trying to pepper that outfield and get some guys up. I mean, that's, that's the one thing. Yeah, has. that's fine. Because think, I mean, think about their outfield right now. I mean, think, think about where the outfield is. Like Robles, I mean, sure, whatever. Soto, we've got no clue. And then that left field is like a mixture of Yadiel Hernandez and Lane Thomas. So like it's all, it could all be up for grabs. I mean, they might just try to pepper this this these positions and hope they can just get a few guys up there. I mean, yeah, because their top outfield guys aren't even at AAA. It's like TJ White, who's at high A, maybe double A right now. I mean, they brought they trade for Casey Donovan, but he's kind of like not been able to get over the hump yet. Yeah, I didn't see um, Casey still in AAA still. So they don't. Andrew Stevenson, like, are we really going to go back to the Andrew Stevenson experiment? He's had a good year in AAA, but it's like there's a reason why DF hate him. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason. I mean, yeah. And the thing with Casey Donovan, uh. Jesse wrote this about a month ago. They called him up in the beginning of the season for about a week or two. He didn't play in a single game when they called him up. That messed with his head. He was like having problems, like mental problems. He was just like, yeah. I got so close to my Don, team. Yeah, Donovan Casey. Casey. Yeah. Yes. And then since then, yeah. Casey's been in the worst slump of his career, partly because the Nats called him up and didn't play him. Yeah, that, that will do it to a guy. All right, one more quick yep. word from our sponsors, and then we will get out of here. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar, built.com. Today it's built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off at built.com today. Also check out Locked On MLB Prospects. They'll have all the draft coverage you all need. Max, you know, we won't even do one so today. We won't water down this very fun, exciting, you know, Thumbs up episode, I guess we could say, you know, uplifting episode. Uh, we won't water it down. So what are you working on right now? Where can people find you and all of your work in its variety? Uh, working on a bunch of draft stuff for today and tomorrow. Um, follow us along right now because I'm currently writing a piece where I will be updating on every guy they take today. So if you want to have a little bit of knowledge on these guys, follow along at Dish on Deck. And then once tomorrow, once the draft ends, we'll be hopping into, you know, Home Run Derby, All-Star Game stuff, talking about how Soto does with those. And then for the rest of the month, we'll just be focusing on the upcoming trade deadline. Hopefully, I don't have to write about trading Soto, but other guys like Josh Bell, uh, Kyle Finnegan, Cesar Hernandez are going to be writing about if the Nats can get some takers for them. So Nelson once again, Cruz, thanks, Cruz man. Nelson Cruz, uh, yeah. Steve Ciszek. So that's what I'm going to be working on. 
And once again, man, thanks for having me back. Always Max Raymond giving us the insights on the guys that Nats have drafted.